This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, and thank you for your presence. Lord, I know that this word is unique for this service time because it's not what I had. I didn't bring anything last service, Lord, and it's not what I brought in the first service. I pray that you'll speak to us, and you'll change our hearts, and you'll change our lives. God, I thank you, for you are good, and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder this morning... How many educators, now when I say educators, I mean teachers, maybe principals, those who run schools, those who are homeschool moms. How many educators do I have in the room right now? Can I just see your hand if you're an educator? Would you stay, just stand if you're an educator? Just, just stand. I want all the educators to stand. Come on, let's celebrate our teachers this, today as an educator. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you do. You may be seated. I want to talk with you about the power of a good teacher for just a moment. The power of someone who meets you where you are. And this story I want to share with you has, I was just watching something the other day, and I heard this history, and I thought, I've never heard that before. And so once you check those things out, you know, you go and you say, okay, and uh, I want to learn this. And I'm going to end up in John chapter 1 here in just a moment, but I want to share this story with you about a, a young mother... She's had her first child. He's now a toddler, and her husband uh, is uh, suddenly uh, and tragically taken away. At the death of this husband, this young widow is trying to figure out how to raise her son. She's trying to figure out how they won't starve to death how that she can meet their needs. And so this young widow is, is, is contemplating and weighing out all of these pressures of life. And as she's weighing out all of these things, all of a sudden she doesn't know how to respond. And, and she, she's just she's just overwhelmed. And suddenly a, a new gentleman moves to the neighboring town. And in the neighboring town, this new gentleman happens to be the local priest. And, and this priest... Um, he, 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 he sees this young woman, woman, hears her story, and, and he goes to her and, and he says, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, listen to, listen to his generosity. I'm willing to be your husband. She's 22 years old and he's 50 years older than her. As if he were somehow doing her a favor, he goes and says, I will offer myself to be your husband with one condition. That little boy of yours can't come. Tragic. This 22-year-old woman weighted down with all the worry and things that she had lost and all the things that she had been through made a horrible decision. She went, she married this man, and she abandoned her little boy to her aged parents who were barely getting by. This little boy would write later in his memoirs that he would go and 
he would find a hill that would overlook the neighboring town. And as he would look over that town, he would look down at the church in that town, knowing that his mother was in the parsonage there, knowing that his stepfather who had rejected him was there. He learned to hate. He said that his heart began to literally shrivel inside of him because he learned to hate his mother. He learned to hate his stepmo- uh, stepfather. And he learned to hate the world. He-, he couldn't figure out why he wasn't good enough for anybody. And he couldn't figure out... And I I know that I'm not talking to anybody that understands that kind of pain today, but I think that that we need to all get this, this understanding. His heart was being filled with bitterness and hate and pain, and it was robbing him from the life that he had that he was going to live. Obviously, this little boy becomes neglected. As he grows up in neglect, he's forced into school, and as he's forced into school, uh, no one wants to see him coming. He's kicked out of almost every class. Every teacher hates him. They spit his name. He's the school joke. He's uh, he, no, no one. No one wants to teach this child. No one has compassion for this child. No one. No one can look at this child and see any hope of a of a future for this child. And so the, this child is, is is labeled as rebellious. He's labeled as uh, uh, unteachable. Uh, uh, somehow uh, mentally challenged. He, he he's labeled in all of these ways, and he doesn't seem to have any ability to or anybody to find any hope within him until one day a teacher moves to town and the day that this teacher came to town this young man who had come from a very meager upbringing him himself that someone had caught him and had had brought him along and taught him to be a teacher he came to town looking specifically for a, a place to where he could serve because he didn't want any child to go and be left and be neglected and so he looked all over the, the, the area and he settled on this, this local town. And as he settled on this local town, he began to start his instruction. And as he started his instruction in this, in this particular environment, all of a sudden he realizes why he's there when he sees this little boy. And he realizes that he sees himself in this boy. It's important. He sees himself. He sees who? himself in this boy. So he begins to pour his heart into this little boy. This little boy does not know how to receive love. His heart is so filled with hate, so filled with anger, so filled with rage. He doesn't know how to respond. And so this little boy, and some of you are going, Pastor, where's the sermon? I, I, if you'll just bear with me, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, but you don't know it yet. He He's overwhelmed and this little boy doesn't know how to respond and so he rebels and he, and, and he, and he, he, this man just will not give up. Let me say that again. This teacher will not give up. He keeps loving him. He keeps teaching him. Everybody says, why are you wasting your time with this little boy? Look, he's not made any improvement under you. But one day, somehow, this little boy was given a specific math test, this test that was designed to show aptitude, and he showed an off-the-charts mathematic aptitude. This teacher realized he had caught the attention of the child. I don't know who I've come to preach to today, but I feel the Holy Ghost of the living God. 
And as this teacher realizes that, that there's, there's something inside of this child, now as he's not only ministering to him, as he sees him like he sees he, himself, but now he's not given up on him, but now he has an end. And as soon as he has an end, all of a sudden he begins to feed that part of that child. And he begins to give him that math and give him all the encouragement. And suddenly before long, his mathematic skills begin to, to become known in the community. And before long, every other subject begins to open up to him and before long he said that the day that he let down his hard heart and let Jesus into his heart everything changed this little child would grow this little child would become a, a young scholar and he would win a prestigious award to go to Cambridge and when he would win this award to go to Cambridge it was it was almost enough Almost enough to cover the entire tuition, but he didn't have the rest of it. So that teacher said, what you can't pay, I will pay. And that meager little humble teacher that most of the people in the world have never heard of paid and young John Newton went. And he went to school. Let me give you his other name. They called him Sir Isaac Newton who created some of the greatest mathematic things in the history of the world. Why? Because a teacher said, I see myself in you, and nobody gave up on me, and I'm not going to give up on you. Now let me read the word of God to you today. The word became flesh and he came to dwell among us. He moved to our town. We saw, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only son who came from the father and he was full of grace and truth. And I want to talk to you about the grace and truth and I'm not even sure I'm going to get there today, but what I want to focus on for just a moment is the fact that the word moved into our town. The word came to make a difference. The word came looking for those that everybody else has given up. I feel the presence of God this morning. The word came looking for those that everybody else has given up on. And, and, and But here's the thing. We don't know how to respond to him. We're wondering what's he, how's he going to look at us. And here's what we're, we, we don't understand. That when God looks at us, he looks, us, looks at us with empathy. This is important. I want you to get this. He looks at us with empathy. Why is that important? I've been translating Hebrews this week, and, and when you're translating Hebrews, it's a, it, it's a challenge, but, but Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 15 speaks of the, the empathy that he showed. He said, we do not have a priest, a high priest, who is unable to sympathize. Wait a minute. I've got empathy, and then I've got, I've got sympathy. Wait a minute. Stay with me. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but rather we have one who was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Now, when we interact with God, there's usually three ways that one of three ways we want God to see us. Usually it's one of two ways, but God sees us the third way. We see there's three words I want to give you quickly today. It's empathy, sympathy, and pity. 
You see, empathy, the way that we understand that God had empathy for us was that when he looked upon us and he sees us in our broken states and he sees our hearts full of everything but what God intends for them to be filled with. Some of you go, Pastor Don, I don't know if this is even making sense. Let me just bring it down to right where you are. I don't care how broken you are. I don't care how messed up you are. I don't care how disturbed you may people may have made you feel about yourself. My God understands right where you are and when he looks at you, he does not look at you with sympathy or with pity. He looks at you with empathy. But in other words, he says, I see some of myself inside of them and I'm going to work on them until I call out of them what I put into them that they have an aptitude for to change the world. Does anybody understand? I've come, uh, this isn't even my message. I'm just obeying the Holy Ghost right now. Listen to me about empathy though. Well, if it's not your message, why do you have slides? Because I, I'm picking it. I'm, I'm taking I'm like some of you eat pizza. I'm eating the toppings off first. Come on. <laughs> Empathy says, I know what you're going through and what you're going to have to do to get better. Empathy says, I came and dwelt among you because I wanted to know what you're walking through so that I can be tempted in every way that you've been tempted so that I can help you become something better. And that's the kind of God that we need to approach, a God who's empathetic with us, not a God who's sympathetic with us. Because a sympathetic God says this, sympathy says, I'm just giving you definitions, I can't stand to see you this way and must do something because of how you're condemned is affecting me. God didn't come to set you free so that he can make him feel better about himself. He came to set you free because he, you are his child. He has chosen you. He loves you. He picked you from before the foundations of the earth. He can sympathize with you, yes, but he came to empathize with you. Why? Because sympathy says, oh, I just can't, I can't stand watching what's happened to my children. Can I tell you that God is not happy with what's happened to his children, but God didn't just sit around and whine about it. God got up off his throne, put on flesh, and came and went to a cross so that he might empathize with us. And he might say, I know what it feels like to be tempted that way. You don't know what it feels like to have so much anxiety. He said, I don't know what it feels like to have that much anxiety. He said, I went into a garden and I had so much anxiety that my sweat turned to blood as it began to fall. I know what you're going through. I know when you're tempted. I know when you're overwhelmed. I know when you're weary. I know when you're, my goodness, I feel the presence of God this morning. He said, but yet I know what you need to go through and what you need is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, you can overcome. Amen. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise like he deserves today? Amen. But pastor, I, I, I need some pity. You don't need a pity party. What you need is a peace party. Come on now, man. You need a piece of the Holy Ghost to fill your life. See, pity is the feeling of sorrow and compassion caused by suffering of, of and misfortunes of others. Now, what that means is this. It means that I look down on you and realize you'll never be any more than you are. Here's the other thing about pity that I found was interesting in, it, in its etymology and definition. Pity implies that I'm at a higher position than you are. So I got to help you because you'll never get up to where I am. 
My God did not look at me in pity and say, it's okay, you're never going to be any better. As a matter of fact, my God looked at me with empathy and he said, I came and walked among you. So I know, Don, when you're going through something, I can help you get through it. I can, and now we're going to have to be, you're going to need my grace and you're going to be honest with you because when you get full of grace and full of truth, then you're going to begin to walk in victory and power. And, and that's, I don't, like I said, I don't even know if we're going to get there today because I feel what I've come to tell you today. I feel that, that, that what's happening is this, is that God's looking at us and he's saying, look, I know what you're going through. I know what you need to do. He says, stop looking for me to, to tell you it's okay. You didn't get a fair shake. You know what? It is okay. You didn't get a fair shake. But that's not a substitute to stay in your sin. It is understandable that people should feel a little sorry for you because, you know what? You didn't deserve to be diagnosed with that. You didn't deserve to be strapped with that. You didn't deserve to be raped. You didn't deserve to go through those struggles. You didn't deserve to be abused that way. You didn't deserve any of that. But let me tell you something. My God said, I went to a cross for you, not so that I could pity you and sympathize with you and leave you in your woundedness. But he said, I came to help you up because when you start walking the right walk, he... Pity says you'll always be down there, but empathy says, come on, go with me and be seated with me in the heavenly places. Come and sit on my throne with me. Come and walk with me and talk with me all along the way. Lord, it's easier when you give me these when I'm not in the pulpit and you're giving them to me. And I don't know why, but this is what I feel. But listen to me. This is what I feel is most important. I'm going to start wrapping this thing up. I've got all these great things I want to teach you about grace and truth. And, and I, but what did I tell you about Newton's college? He won a scholarship for most of it. But what he couldn't pay, the one who had empathy with him said, I will pay. Have you ever tried to take somebody out to dinner that fights with you over it? You're like, you're like having to sneak the, the bill or you're pulling on it. And you're like, let me bless you. Don't even want to now you're being such a jerk. Come on. But let me bless you. Why? Because I want to bless you. I don't want to impress you. I want to bless you. Now watch this. So I just heard somebody fill a word from God. You're going, you were going to come up to me after service and say, bless me and take me out to lunch fast. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> but listen to what I'm about to say. God's been trying to help you Get over whatever has weighed you down long enough, and you're going, oh, no, 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 I got this, I got this, I got And he said, listen, you've come a long ways listening to the principles that have been preached, reading my word, following my path, but he said, there's some things you can't do on your own. Listen, I have empathy with you, and I understand how you need to get up and how you need to start walking, but you got to understand, when you're weak, I am strong, and when you show that you're not there yet, I'll show you that I am there, and I'm going to help you all along the way because I understand your weaknesses oh well Jesus never had a weakness huh the Bible says he was weary the Bible says that when the woman came in and broke the alabaster jar that she ministered to him 
Jesus needed encouragement just like you need encouragement. Jesus needed to get along with the Father just like you need to get along with the Father. See, just stay with me. This is important. This is so important. God sent me to tell you today that your heart may be filled with all the bitterness that you can see. Somebody's been sitting on a hill looking out over life. As you're sitting on that hill looking out over life, all you can see is, I don't deserve that. Why did I do that? You see things that you failed in. You see things that you were robbed of. You you didn't get a fair start. You didn't get a fair shake. You, You didn't deserve any of this. But you came to this house this morning, and there's not pity in the house for you. I'll never forget I read a testimony of a little lady in our Bible college one day. I felt, I felt compassion for this person. I'd always tried to be kind to them and their family, but as I read her, her testimony of all the ways she'd been abused in her life, tears just began to flow down my face because not one time had she ever milked any of that for pity. She was a hard worker. She was the first to carry chairs, the first to help clean up after something, the first to show up and set something up. And not one time has she ever milked it for pity. Because let me tell you, pity will keep you down. I understand it's nice occasionally to have a little sympathy. I I had a day I wasn't feeling real good this week and my mom had some sympathy for me and made my favorite food. She said, that's okay, baby. I said, that's right, I'm still a baby. I get that. But what helps me more is when the person looks at me and says, let me show you what you need to do to get better. Let me help you get well. I don't know what you're full of today, but I know that if it's sin and shame and pain and bitterness, regret, fear, anxiety. It's not God's plan for you to leave here with it. For whatever reason, he sent you a teacher this morning who wanted to teach you about empathy, sympathy, and pity for just a moment. I've abandoned a perfectly good message to follow the Holy Spirit because I thought he might be speaking to you. Maybe to you, those who are watching in the other places. God's speaking to you. The question is, are you ready to stop feeling sorry for yourself? Are you ready to stop looking for somebody to say, it's okay? You know what I think most of us want to do, and and, and I'm I'm rapidly close. We want to go all the way to the edge of the fiery furnace, but we don't want to go in. We want God to say before we go in, I see you were willing. You'll never see the fourth man in the fire until you go into the fire. You'll never know the victory until you've gone into the battle. 
you'll never overcome until you've kept walking and you stop looking for people to say, it's okay, you can quit now. It's like that time I thought I was going to go to run a race with Christina. She felt so sorry for me. I didn't know it was an uphill both way race. She said to me several times, Don, we can walk. I said, honey, we almost are anyways. And I was trudging along. I had envisioned myself like Rocky running through the streets. Snot running everywhere, just just not pretty picture at all as I was trying to finish this race. She said, honey, why won't you stop? I said, honey, I said, you see that runner in front of us with that, with that chihuahua? Notice I said, in front of us with that chihuahua? I said, I cannot let that chihuahua beat me. I don't know what it is in your life that you don't need to let beat you. That you're determined not to let it stop you. But don't let everybody convince you it's okay to stop. When you've done all to stand, keep standing. Run the race until it's finished. Keep running. Keep pressing on. Keep moving forward. And somewhere inside of you, the Holy Spirit's going to connect to the aptitude of God that He's given you for something special that only you and you alone can do. Talking to you. Hit Him. Tell him I'm talking to him. He's looking over there. I'm talking to you. Talking to all of you. That only you can do. Because he's chosen you. He's guarded you more than you'll ever know in your life. And he loves you. But he's not telling you it's okay. He's saying, come on up a little higher. I'll help you all along the way. Just stand with me today. I would tell you this is not a sermon I'll ever preach again. It's probably not because I don't really know what I said. But I do know it's like I can hear heaven say, You obeyed me. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. I want to ask you, have you obeyed him? Have you been serving God the way you should? Has pity held you down? Has your desire for somebody to say, well, that's good enough. Are you tired of good enough and you're ready for breakthrough and victory? My God understands your every weakness because he he lived on your street. That's really a good way to say that. He came and he lived on our street. He lived in our shoes. He walked the same path. He's faithful. If you're here today and God's been speaking to you through this message, I want to see your hand right where you are. Would you hold it up high? Hands literally all over this place. Thank you. Put those down. I'm about to pray for you. This is where the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. You didn't deserve what you got. 
but what God has given you. You may not have deserved it either, but it's going to be better than you could have ever imagined if you will trust God. Just because it's who we are at the core of our being as a church, I know God's ministering to his body this morning. But if you're here and you say, Pastor Don, I've let all the bitterness and rage of how my life went wrong keep me from serving Jesus, to keep me from giving my life to Jesus, or you've not been serving God every day of your life. If that's you, I want to pray with you right where you are. I didn't embarrass anybody else to raise their hand. If you say today's the day you want to rededicate or give your life to Jesus Christ, and you're realizing God's not looking down on you and we're not looking down on you, we're walking with you. If that's you, can I see your hand right where it is? Thank you, thank you. There's two, three, thank you. Are there others? Four, thank you. Are there others? Five, thank you. Are there others? Looking around this room, you can put those down. Thank you, five people. This is their day, this is their moment. We're gonna pray a prayer of faith with them and then I'm gonna pray for everyone else that's raised their hand. I've just been arrested by the Holy Spirit. I don't know who you are and I don't know what news you received this week, but it was devastating. God arrested this service for you. Do not allow yourself to be caught in the traps of pity and sympathy, but you listen to what I'm about to declare to you. The same God that walked with Mary and Martha toward Lazarus' tomb is the same Savior that's going to walk with you through every step you take on this journey. Whoever you are, you need to hear this. And he is the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in him, though he were dead, yet shall he live. That's for somebody. That's you want you watch me go from pastor to prophetic there for a moment. That's for somebody. Grab hold of it. I'd like to know if that was you today. Now I want to pray with those. The Bible says that we will confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We would be born again. And so today, I want us to lift our voices with these five and confess Jesus Christ with them. Every voice in this room, lift your voice now with me. Jesus, by faith, I confess. I am a sinner in need of a savior. And in the name of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins and I receive your grace by the blood that was shed for me. I am made clean. And now I declare that Jesus is the risen Son of God. He is the Lord of my life by faith God is my father heaven is my home and Jesus is my savior father I thank you for those that prayed that and now for everyone who responded today that you were speaking to them through this message God I thank you that you would arrest the service for the needs of your children Lord right now start showing up on their streets in their homes and Lord as you show them you know what they need to do Lord and how they're going to go through Lord I thank you something 
is going to break by the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise today. God is so good. You can do better than that. Five people just gave their life to Jesus. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.